Hi, we're the Jilted Indian Podcast. <laughs> this is Miranda. Anju. And Pooja. And we are here exhausted as fuck from hours of tubing down the San Marcos River. Anybody want to share your feelings about how wonderful that was? Totally do it. Next time I'm bringing hard liquor. Um, We've learned several lessons from this first excursion. Yes, like you will get injured if you fall into a bank of trees from your tube. That's my story. And then <laughs> my hat fell off my head on one of the two times I fell off, and it followed me down the river. Yeah, yeah we, thought, we thought we had lost it, and it actually followed us down the river. It and was then very aggressive. A very and nice chasing. lady went and swam out and got it for us. Yes. And they just saw a floating hat, and they felt like they had to rescue it. It was just really... Yeah. yeah. Like, is that a hat? We have to rescue that hat. Like, it just such an Austin thing. And I told Anju, I said, I wouldn't have cared if I hadn't just bought the hat yesterday. <laughs> like, if it was an old hat, I'd be like, well... It was meant to be. Impulse fly from Target. It lived a good life. It lived a good life. Basically, what you need to know, listeners, is that the day before I got here, I was thinking of ways to not go tubing. Like, I was coughing a little bit, and I thought maybe I could tell Andrew and Pooja that I'm under the weather. And then I wouldn't have to shave my legs and then I wouldn't have to wear a bathing suit in public. You know, it was interesting because we were on on a thread and Anju was like, wait, are we going to have time to go tubing? And I was like, oh, yes. Like, <laughs> and then Pooja said, I'm going regardless. Like, yeah. <laughs> Pooja was like, I don't care about you or this podcast. I'm going tubing. And so Call I me was while like, I'm on my phone. I was like, fuck. All right. So I packed my bathing suit anyway and I packed shorts. And, oh, I hate to burst everyone's bubble, but now everyone knows I have hair on my legs. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, like mammals do? Yeah, like... Uh, Just like mammals? I can't... The, the facade is like... Like warm-blooded creatures. Yeah, like I... <laughs> the facade, it's just... God. Like devolving from fur, just hair? <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, so I thought... I was like, fuck, maybe I'll, like not go the whole nine yards and maybe I'll just wear shorts and nobody will have to see my ass or my thighs and like where my ass meets my thighs really specifically and I ended up getting here and I don't know I think it's a little magic I just decided no I'm gonna just do my bathing suit this will be fine okay I'm gonna get into the shower and shave my legs and Pooja and Andrew thought I died in there because that's how long it took me to shave. We did not because uh, uh, no. I know. I actually thought you were masturbating. Uh, Andrew no. <laughs> knocks on the door like Miranda. Are you okay? Well, no, that's because you screamed and I was. Oh yeah, concerned. something dropped. Yeah, 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 something had dropped. Oh, oh I didn't yeah. even remember that. Let's talk about body hate. I have hated my body for as long as I've had a conscious mind. My body has been up for critique since I was a little girl. I think what's really interesting is with all the studying of shame I've done and the sort of unraveling of certain things I've kept buried, I've never quite gotten past the body shame thing until, not, not past it, I've never started to process it until recently because, you know, at first I was like, ooh, I'm, I'm exercising and eating healthy so that I'm 
running away from shame when I do that. Well, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do anything to run away from shame. And then I was like, wait, but eating really delicious fatty foods is also how I numb pain. So I'm like stuck in this apathetic fatty vortex of numbing pain and not doing anything to run away from shame. So I never quite figured out why I couldn't get past this thing. And I think it only hit me recently. And there's something uh, missing from the body positivity movement. Because the second you go up to other females and go, like, say anything negative about your body, you're like, oh, kind of hate my fat ass. You know, oh, my fat ass is looking blah, blah, blah. What's the first thing women who are super into the body positive movement, what's the first thing they do? Oh, my God, don't say that about my friend. No, like, like, I... (laughs) I think you look amazing. Yeah. Like, you should love yourself. Glitter in your face. You, <laughs> like, you're not Flit allowed, away. yeah, you're not allowed to feel that way. I'm not going to let you talk about yourself that way. I'm guilty of doing this to my friends, too. But, like, that's the first thing that women do. There's a thing that's missing. If we're going to get rid of body shame, we have to actually listen to our friends talk about how they hate their bodies. We're not doing that. We're not going, you hate your body. How did you get there? Can you tell me more about this? Like, what was your experience that brought you here? It Was it your family? For me, it was my family. My parents, my brothers, my aunts and uncles. It seemed like every family gathering, my body was up for critique. Like, oh, you look fat. Oh, you look like you've lost weight. So it doesn't matter whether I'm losing weight or I'm gaining weight. I hate myself. Because once they tell you you're acceptable looking, you're in the jail of having to stay acceptable looking. They're not asking you like, oh, how's life? Oh, I feel really great. I have a lot of really great habits. They don't give a fuck about that. Because women are for nothing other than to get married and have children. And you can't get married to have the children unless you have a fatless body and you get married off just you need the best features so that you can get married off to whatever suitor it's just in the history and they don't think that we're worth more than anything else and now they say yeah get a good job or whatever but there's not much more to women than getting married and getting children and so they've taught me to hate my body and this is in indian culture with lots of girls because i'm not the only one what are y'all's experiences with this I remember the first time I was made to feel fat was when I was in fourth grade. We just moved back from Chicago to Texas. And I have a cousin who's like 12 hours older than me. She was thinner than I was at the time. And I'm talking about like maybe the equivalent of like five inches on the hips, arms, bust, whatever. And we both bought matching outfits because, like I said, we were 12 and a half hours apart, so we were obviously twins. And so we bought the same outfit, but she got to keep hers, and I didn't get to keep mine because mine fit it was a little too ill-fitting on me. And so my aunts convinced my mom to have me take it back because I didn't look right in it. And that's when I realized I was just like, oh, I'm going to be compared to her, like, my whole life, right? Because we're 12 and a half hours apart. So that was my first experience with body shame. And, like, as I grew older... And we talked about this in previous conversations about how obviously that meme is so applicable about you ever look at your pictures and, you know, you ever think you were so fucking fat and you look at your pictures and realize you weren't and now Mm -hmm. you're sad about being actually fucking fat. So I feel like that was my life. You've leveled up the fatness. Yeah, level it up. I want to say say glow up, but I blow up. I blew up. And so I didn't get fat until later in life and then I lost the weight. But I remember growing up like 
My parents would try to say, maybe you should work out. Maybe you should do this. Because I played basketball and stuff, and I was still thick. I really didn't run. I hate running. And so um, I really didn't eat well because I like bad food. Good food. Good food. Mm. Actually, I'm a foodie, not bad food. Anyway, I remember when they would say things like this to me, I wouldn't... Now I would term it maybe like a rejection of self, but back then I'd be like, get the fuck off my damn case. And so I remember one time Oprah was on, my queen, and Queen Oprah said... She had some psychologists on, and the psychologist was talking about fat shaming fat people is never going to get them to lose weight. Now, that's problematic in itself. Like, the, the end product is fat people need to lose weight, you know, mm-hmm, things like that. that. Title. Nice title. But I ran into the room my mom was in, and I said, Mom, you need to turn it on right now to Oprah, because my mom also obeys Queen Oprah. And so, you know, the lady was like, this doesn't work. And ever since then, like, neither of my parents have ever said anything about it to my face. But once, when I was maybe 16 or 17, my dad was just being my dad and just sitting around talking and telling us, you know, rent dad philosophies. And he's like, you know, I've noticed that men like women who are slimmer. And I'm just like, guess what? Um, I don't like men. So, you know, it's like, it doesn't matter. I mean, I love men, but it's like, I don't. I don't define myself on what other people think of me in general. I define myself on what I think of myself. So when I say, oh, I hate my body, I mean... And I don't let anybody else say it to me about me. Mm -hmm. You know, like, oh, yeah, you could stand. Right. That's my boundary line. But I will hate my body as much as I want. And you can't tell me to love myself because you don't know what's, like you were saying, Miranda, like you don't know what my story is. And my story is essentially I'm lazy and don't like to work out. And I should. And I've known that for a long time. Um, But I relied a lot on I'm smart. And who cares if I'm fat, right? So, but like when you get older, you realize, oh yeah, my joints care, my organs care. <laughs> this high blood pressure pill I had to take in my 20s before I lost all this weight cares. It's like, we, there's a certain point where you realize, okay, fat isn't the problem, it's health. And that's a totally different struggle than what we're talking about. Yeah. The problem I, is that Asian parents don't focus on the health aspect of it. They just focus on the fat shaming part of it. You're right, because of the commodification <laughs> of women. Yes. And it's well, so... I don't know. I mean, I still don't think it's just women. I think it happens to guys, too. I've, I've definitely seen it happen to my male cousins. Like, as soon as you start to gain weight, everybody has comments. You know, ooh, you've gained some weight. Really, oh, they have nothing better got... to fucking talk about. Yeah. Indian people, can we talk about this? Can you find some more interesting, read a goddamn book and talk about a book you're reading? What else can Indian people talk about other than people's bodies? Jesus, I don't know. Anything. How about, like, I don't know, uh, what interesting things have you been doing lately? Do you have any hobbies you've been taking on? Have you gone on vacation lately? What exciting things are in your life? I don't trust any Indian person to ask me that because the next thing's, I know somebody who likes those things too. Do you want to meet? I'll stab you. (laughs) Uh. So, okay, so... It's still, it's different because with women, your shame-based gender rules or do everything, be everything, look hot while you're doing it, and women are still commodified. For men, it's all about power. Because if a man can't get a woman, he's not a man. And that's also part of rape culture. Mm -hmm. Like, if if a man can't be dominant over a woman or get a woman, that's where the whole catcalling thing comes from. Because they're not secure in that. I'm not disagreeing with that necessarily, but I definitely think that it's also a large part of just... What what, will people think? What will people think? It's that you're not reflecting well upon me because you are not an ideal of whatever body type you're supposed to have. That's definitely an Indian family thing. Like, you have failed me by the way you look. Right. But instead of trying to teach healthy habits and teaching people to be healthy, eat better, eat less exercise it's about it's just about shaming you for being fat while mind you still feeding you like multiple servings of 
food. You know, like it's it's just confusing. And the whole shame web. You can, if you stress eat or you like numb with food, you're not just getting the food. You're getting dopamine, serotonin, norepinephrine. You're getting a fucking drug rush. Good luck getting over that, even after you get past the shame of it, because the food. You know, the food still does something for you. It's addictive. I find it very disconcerting that in the Indian community, you can be like a size four or size six, and your parents will still tell you, you're fat. You need to be thin. Because of that commodification, you're not marriageable. You're not anything. You're not pretty enough. You're not this. You're not that. Blah, blah, blah. I remember when I was in college and I finally had a bunch more Indian friends because when I went to high school, it was me and my sister and my cousin went to the same school. I was around more women who were getting body shamed by their parents and not eating. And I noticed in my specific diaspora, the Caribbean, it's not a pejor- it's not pejorative to be fat. You don't, I mean, you'll get called fat, like, hey, fat man, or hey, big body girl. You know, it's like, it's not anything pejorative. It's, just, it's a literal adjective. I didn't realize how differently it applied in my community until I had lost a significant amount of weight as an adult and went back to spaces I wasn't in while I was losing that weight. And people were like, well, what did you do? And I'm like, I was away from you. (laughs) (laughs) I got my life right. Like, leave me alone. But lately for the last like month and a half, I've been under so much stress and I recognize that I am um, stress eating. And when I stress eat, I usually try to make it healthy, but I have a bag of burnt kale chips that I made that isn't getting eaten, but every chocolate bar I see gets consumed. So it's it's now it's more about getting back on track to make choices. But right. the, the whole Indianness thing of it, to me, that's kind of saying like you'll never be good enough unless you're perfect, and that's fucked and up. And perfect is not even a thing. It's, perfect doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. And it's not just being thin. Each of you talked about your experience with being fat. The thing is, I was actually the stupid, super skinny kid. I was the scrawny one. And those were the comments that I got when I was growing up about being too skinny, which was perversely a source of pride for me. But I didn't have to worry about... It's just like the genetic lottery. You're not... Yeah, it absolutely is. But either way, you're kind of screwed. There's still comments to be made. You, you, You should be something other than what you are. So now as an adult, we're tasked with erasing that of our origins and the and, and I don't know of, about erasing well, but holding well well not no what I'm saying is like we're tasked with erasing the bad lessons of how to view yourself mm-hmm. and replacing it with reality you know like I'm not a big fat pig I am you know I am me and me is me as I am today and as I was yesterday and as I will be tomorrow and that should be good enough but it's like all these past demons that rear their ugly heads at you like prevent you but what if I'm not you know, what yeah. if I think I look good, but in actuality, like I'm always conscious of that. I'm like, oh my God, I'm being so hot and so fly right now. But I'm, I'm in my head. I'm always like, what if I trip? And then everybody will know that I am not hot and fly. Like that's <laughs> on, a, on a different level. It's like, you know, okay. But when you see me, you know, oh, this bitch is fat. You know, it's like, it's, but to me, it's not necessarily a bad thing because body positivity is such a good thing now you know at least for me and one of the things that I resent is that now a curvy women and thick women which I have always been if I could find pictures of myself to post on the show notes I will I've always been thick and curvy I didn't get fat until I started feeling fat and I became fat right so the words sank in yeah and so or and I stopped playing sports <laughs> and was you know being forced to work out so I'm Resentful now that the version of curvy, thick, plus size, whatever you call them, women are still women with big tits and big thighs and a big ass, which is what I have, but they all have a flat stomach 
And I don't. And I know part of that is Photoshop. Like Ashley Grant posts pictures of herself with her cellulite in the final product. You don't see an inch of it. You know? I love Ashley Grant. Me too. But it's like the whole, yes, we're being body positive, but we're still not all the way there yet. No. It's like you can have a body you want, but it still kind of needs to be flat at the front. It you still know? needs to be digestible to the eye. Yeah. And you can't have like a three-tiered stomach. Yeah. And you can't, uh, you definitely can't have stretch marks. Oh, what about body hair, though? Okay, hold on. (laughs) Before we get there, there's something that still needs to be said. Body positivity is wonderful. I'm glad that the second somebody's awful to another human being about their body, people clap back and pile on these assholes that create those kinds of comments. I'm glad that's there. I'm glad body positivity is there. But we're not going to shake body shaming we're not until we stop and ask how did you get there i'm listening i'm not going to necessarily take the good lessons and erase the others that's not ever going to happen you can't get rid of your story so like so that's what i meant by hold i'm going to hold in my hand here the fact that i was given the wrong idea about my body for the entirety of my life from family, from society, from comparison, from blame. And I'm not going to run away from this. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do anything to run away from that ugly, uncomfortable thing. I'm going to hold it here. It's going to be here. It's going to be this thing I have. And it's this thing that obviously we're talking about. And I'm going to move forward every day. And I'm going to live not running away from it. There's one thing when you're holding on to something and you're doing everything you can to be the opposite of that or holding on to something and and underfunctioning so that you're not that. I'm holding it and I'm just living and mm-hmm. it's a, it's just a part of me and it would be inefficient because I'm at this point I'm not after having a great body but I am trying to love myself and and I've got to tell you love is really fucking boring. <laughs> like getting up and making myself a healthy breakfast drinking lots of water. I walk sometimes twice a day. I want to get into an exercise routine, but I want it to be fun for me. And I want it to be something I enjoy. Oh my gosh, if you hear thunder in the background, it's because the gods are angry with us for loving ourselves. So I was going to say it's because I fell. Um. I, I get here and I can open up to Pooja Nanju about anything. And somehow I just felt like I was with this group of people who understood me and I could go with my ultra cellulite thighs out into San Marcos River. And I did. Yes. And I bought a brand new bikini. I bought a bikini bikini. Like there was no side fat protection on it. (laughs) I've never worn a bikini in my entire life. You know, like, I mean, I have other bikinis, but not... Not the string kind, you know? And mm-hmm. I'm in no business to be wearing a bottom part of a string bikini because I don't even want to see that. But I do, I like two pieces because I like They're to pee. cute. They're cute. And I also like to pee in right. hy- hygienic places. Yeah. So a one piece does not allow that. So now I figured how I started wearing two pieces was like, okay, what's more important to you? Not pissing yourself in public or being covered up. I'm like, I'd rather not smell like urine. Two pieces it was. So that was one step That's I didn't... That's why the tankini is my solution. I love the yes. tankini, yeah. <laughs> not me. My stomach needs some colors. Um, <laughs> 
I, I didn't realize that at the time when I made that choice that that was the first step towards self-acceptance. I mean, there were 900 other steps to go. But, you know, I'm like, what is step seven? You know? Yeah. Like, don't hate yourself every day. So that that's me. I mean, I can't <laughs> I say that that challenge is gone because it's one thing for me to wear a tankini in front of y'all. Mm-hmm. What if it was a group of, we like, were- my co-ed friends who I went to school with? That lights a different fire underneath my That's true. self-love or self-hatred. And I have to make a decision there. Do I go? I would I would see if I cough that day. You know what I mean? Right. I do the same thing over and over again. Oh, I'd go. Yeah, I, I, sure. Yeah, no. But like I would have to I would have to arrive there. Oh, I see. Yeah, I mean it's different because like we there's a different level of trust with us. We've got nobody to impress. Um, yeah. I don't know about y'all, but there were some fine ass men on that tube sure. thing. I was trying to impress them. <laughs> sure. With their girlfriends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was a bunch of single men. <laughs> so it's it's easier in that context when you don't have but it, it was still really refreshing to have a day where I got up and didn't worry about making myself look pretty to go out in public. Like mm-hmm. I didn't do my hair. I shaved yesterday, but I didn't reshave today. Me too. <laughs> Because we were supposed to go tubing yesterday and that didn't work out. Yeah, that's all right. It's interesting. There's no fire being lit when I'm with y'all because I can tell you about how I hate my body today and y'all will listen and I will explain to you where it comes from and then y'all will be listening and you'll go half the time. They freaking go, yeah. I just feel like they understand or they're, I can sense in them that they're, they have their own stories of similar experience and there's some common humanity in here. And then I go in a two-piece tankini to uh, tubing. But like I said, it, it would be a different fire lit underneath that story of mine if it was a bunch of co-eds, friends of mine. In what way? Like what do you Just mean? like I would be very conscious of my cellulite then. I, I would see. be conscious of the size of my thighs then. I'd be conscious of the fact that they've seen me as a size 7 before. And now they're seeing me as a size 14. I'd be very conscious of that. It's challenging how far I've come. It will be a challenge to how far I've come uh-huh. when those invitations come out. Or if they invite me to whatever. Or will I buy a dress that cover up, you know, instead of and what I would go swimming. Or what I'd throw everything off and jump in the water. Hopefully a chlorinated water. Chlorine pool. <laughs> Speaking of pools. Hey, can we talk about pools? Sure. How many of y'all could identify the Indian kid? Based on who was wearing a t-shirt in the pool. A giant t-shirt. A giant t-shirt in the pool. It's so interesting that we have these families that just like pick apart our bodies and want us to be these fatless stick insects. But wait, don't show anybody that body. Yes. And don't show anybody that body if you are prepubescent for some reason. You know, it's like you're developing Don't even show it after. Yeah, don't even after. No, you're right. This this need to be perfection, but then hide the perfection? Like, or, or just hide yourself? Hide yourself. Yeah. Hide yourself. And that, to me, also contributes towards rape culture, where you're putting the onus on a potential victim. Because that's the only reason they make oh, you cover absolutely. up. It's not for sunscreen yeah. reasons. I remember when I was hanging out at a friend Lisa's house. And Lisa and her two brothers and our families were friends. And a bunch of people were over there. And a bunch of kids from our church were over there. And one girl. No, all of us wore t-shirts. Like, it's so funny because the, the, the moms would be inside this room, inside the house with a big glass window. Or a big glass sliding door or whatever. I, I know the parents could see us. Or they were in the patio and they could see us. So, like, we knew we were being watched. And I remember one time there was this Indian, it was like a Fokana. 
which is like what Kerala Federation of Keralites in North America. Yeah, something like that. It was like Fokana was at a hotel, it was in Dallas. Yep. And a bunch of us went to the pool, and one of the girls didn't wear her T-shirt. Scandal. Oh my god. Yeah. We still remember it to this day. Yeah. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is this girl got didn't have a T-shirt on and. And there were cute boys there and whatever. And I guess, you know, work it if you got it or whatever. But it wasn't like she was a fuller-figured girl going with her swimsuit. It wasn't like, I love myself no matter what. Fuck it, I'm going. She knew that she had a body that she could wear a swimsuit in. She she was proud of her body. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was the rest of us that were not. Yeah. And and I remember feeling like, oh my gosh, it was ridiculous. And so I don't know when my first not wearing of a t-shirt over my swimsuit happened, but I do remember the first time I wore a bikini and it was when I had that flip and bang and body. And the funny thing was, it was just after I ate a shitload of bread and I was with my boyfriend at the time in California and my body, like I had some inflammation going on and I still looked hot. I had a killing body. Marina's body's killed people. <laughs> I had a killing body, and he took a picture of me, and I posted it to Facebook. Mm-hmm. I was like, 30. Yeah. I'm wearing my first bikini. That's when I did it. It was for my 30th birthday. My sister and I went to Puerto Vallarta, and that was when I, I bought my first I remember you saying that. To, yeah, I Which is a goddamn shame, because you know how many times I've had that body? <laughs> I had that body numerous times. I was 32. In my 20s and in my, in my teens. I had that body before. I did have a killing body, but I didn't recognize it it wasn't until i knew i was eating a certain calorie amount i was training for half marathons and or running five out miles a day four mm-hmm. days a week and then i knew that i had the kind of body that could work it and why did that take so long because you never know you have it when you have it yes so other than body fat indian people have body hair Shh. <laughs> we talked about mammals being hairy. When I was younger, I have extremely long arm hair. And I did when I was younger. I'm the hairiest of all my siblings, except my brother. It always bothered me. Bothered me because I can literally braid my arm hair right now. I feel like it makes me not look feminine. And it's just my forearms. Like my upper arms, they got their own problems. <laughs> I had a problem with it when I was in 7th or 8th grade. And I asked my mom, can I bleach my arm hair? Because my parents were like, you cannot shave. Couldn't shave my legs. Do you think they were going to let me shave my fucking arm hair? <laughs> so I bleached it and it turned orangey blonde. And then it was very noticeable. Mm. And it was noticeable to the fact that people would come up to it and pull it. And, you know, it's like, oh, look at this. I'm like, oh, my God. Now I got to wash my whole arm. Like, where have your hands been? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so I complained to my mom. My mom said something to me that I will never forget. The most useless piece of advice she's ever given me. But sweet. It's very sweet. It's very empowering, and I love you, Mom. Um, She said, hair don't grow on bottles. And I looked at her with my little 12-year-old eyes and said, what now? (laughs) And she said, hair only grows on things that can have strength. And bottles are not strong. They're easily breakable, and you don't see hair growing on them. I'm like, there's a lot of science behind why hair doesn't grow on bottles. (laughs) But I get it. (laughs) I mean, moss doesn't grow on bottles either. She's so hard moss to make you feel like, better. Like, stuff doesn't grow, rust doesn't grow on glass. Like, I get what she's saying. Right. And I appreciated it. Cut to 15 years later, I'm in Sam's or some shit like that. 
It was a Sam's Club because I've never been back to the Sam's Club after this. Not because of that, but because I hate Walmart. I walked in and there was a guy, you know, the guys at the front of Sam's Club, they're trying to sell you something like lower electricity or a cell phone or some shit. So I walked past him or whatever and I got my stuff. I'm in line to check out. And this man comes up to me and I'm going to do an African accent, so I apologize. But he was African. And he said, Miss, Miss, your arm here. Do not ever cut it. And I'm looking at him like, who the fuck is this bald ass? I'm like, what the hell? And he's like, no, it is beautiful. And I'm like, did I need your validation, stranger? And do you have an arm hair Hair, fetish? Like, do you have an arm hair fetish? Because that's a new one. And how can I make money off of it now? (laughs) Would y'all like to braid and coconut oil my arm hair? Like, I don't know what you want. I am willing to do it. Please pay the balance of my student loans. (laughs) So... Those are my two funny body hair stories. Women are supposed to be thin and bald. Like, that's... Thin and bald. Like, yeah, babies. Like, newborn babies. We're supposed to be newborn babies. There's this amazing article my friend May sent me about the way women are asked to portray themselves as thin without curves and hairless is like a child. And it posits a very interesting question between sexuality and the line between that and pedophilia. Like, how much are we making women into children because there is that base desire. Like, why is that? Jailbait porn is a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, all that stuff. But we're digressing. We're talking about body we, issues. Well, it's important to talk about this because the whole reason why women shave their legs... So she was the maid that talked about this in Two Dope Queens podcast, and it was hilarious. Yes. She was talking about how she was high and she just had to get to the bottom of this. It was really funny. And she <laughs> said, you know, if it weren't for the razor companies weren't making enough money in the early 1900s, And so they decided to target women and they had ad campaigns that, you know, there would be some spinster off to the side with hairy legs. And, and be, a chin hair. And, and there would be two so ladies. So basically they had to create an insecurity amongst women that hair was something to be ashamed of. Yes, these two women were off to the side and they were basically like, what's wrong with her? <laughs> why can't you know, she get a man? Yeah, why can't she get a man? She is hopeless. Let's go do the Charleston. Let's shave our legs first before we do it. You know, it, yeah, it was basically that and women just started shaving their legs and it became a thing. And what's interesting is, and I bet you every Indian girl has an interesting hair story because I didn't get to shave my legs until like mm, seventh grade and I had athletics. People had seen my hair on my legs in sixth grade, fifth grade, whenever it showed up. And I had I wore shorts. People saw my leg hair and it was dark and thick and what is a girl to do wear pants every day like and finally when I got to shaving it I had like removed whole areas of skin because I didn't know how to do it properly because I wasn't taught to do it by my mom my mom never taught me how to properly shave my legs um I figured it out on my own and I did it wrong for a very long time and not only leg hair but like did you know that there are women with hair on their face. Yes, I see one every day. In the mirror. <laughs> Not you, but me. If you have... <laughs> I was like, you're in my mirror? <laughs> if you're hearing this for the first time, people, I am so sorry to burst to the bubble that you've been living in all this time. I've had oh, a mustache situation since this grade. Let's just keep it at that. <laughs> I had a boy that teased me in high school that would talk about my mustache all because I didn't take care of it regularly and I didn't oil it I didn't bleach it <laughs> I didn't know how to take care of it until I learned how to tweeze it and it was painful but I learned how to tweeze it myself 
And so I'd have an upper lip that was taken care of. Women talk about it in like a secret society kind of way. Like, we can't let anyone know that we're Harry Ames. Except that one Muslim, and she's a social justice advocate. She grows her beard. Like, she has a, it's a sad looking beard, but it's out there. It's like an inch off her face. It's curly. It looks like a beard. And she's like, why should I care? What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And she's like, I'm not going to spend millions of dollars feeling bad about myself and doing things to myself that I don't naturally want to do. Like, my body can do whatever the hell it wants. I'm like, yes, my body can do whatever the hell it wants, too. But I'd appreciate if it would grow muscles and not hair in my face. <laughs> On my fingernails. Yeah. Eyeballs. Yes. Or gray hairs in places they're not supposed to be. On your palms. Yes. On your footprints. On my... On your footprints. Hair on your hair. Oh, my God. I wish hair would grow on my hair. Oh, my God. I'd sell that shit at beauty shops? Yes, thank you. Yeah. I... How... Yeah. Angie, what's the story about when you started shaving your legs? I don't remember if there's actually a story to this. I wasn't... I've talked about how very oblivious I was to things like this when I was growing up, so I didn't really know about it until I went to go visit my cousin in Chicago, and I think she was the one who first like showed me to shave my legs. I was like, oh, this is a thing? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Were your parents accepting of it? I don't remember ever talking to my parents about it like it wasn't a thing that I asked permission for it mm. wasn't I got a razor at some point so I guess I guess I asked for it I honestly don't remember how this happened but I don't remember it being a thing that I was not allowed to do I don't understand why Indian women have to be is it Indian women have to be hairless because Indian men are hairy like uh, it's like my my every inch of me must be smooth to the touch but I can get my fingers tangled in your back like I don't understand you know? <laughs> uh, yeah. I actually remember going to my brother's wedding in India, my sister-in-law and her sister and I were in a beauty salon and we were getting our makeup and our hair done. And then they were like, let's wax off your arms and did my arms. And it was great. Cause I went to Europe a few weeks later with a jazz orchestra for a tour, but they took all the hair off my arms. Like it was unacceptable. That's interesting but that, that it would that's look true better. that it happens in India too. Like even in India where you would think this would be the norm, they've absorbed this mentality that hair is something to be ashamed of. Yeah, because threading is torture. Ugh. It is torture. I had to be held down by three aunties when I got my eyes threaded the last time I was in India. And I remember the after picture. I looked like I had been administered Botox because my face was so numb oh. from... Because it, I don't ever get it threaded. And she just went, just like a machine gun over my freaking eyes and just pulled everything out. And she was like, wait, I see one. And it would be like a microscopic nano eyebrow. This is the thing that makes me insane whenever I go to get my eyebrows threaded. What is the deal? Like they used to just automatically put lotion on, but now you have to freaking ask for it. And it's always like... Like ketchup, and I'm like, you just ripped hair out of my face, like directly out of my skin. Yes, please put something on there to soothe it. I say no. Why? (laughs) Because I'm like, your thread is in your mouth, right? So the thread's in their mouth. Don't touch me. Like, I'll put lotion on in my car. But give me the powder because that comes on a powder puff. So for those of you who don't know what threading is, we will link a video to it. I just got mine threaded and I almost filmed it, but the lady pissed me off. And the part I hate the most, you talk about... Oh, they don't ask me for lotion? Stop fucking asking me if I want my whole face threaded. That was my Stop. next thing. <laughs> that, and I think I posted this on Facebook not the last time I went to get threaded. But it's like every friggin' time, I'm like, just do my eyebrows. And they're like, just your eyebrows? I'm like, yes, just my eyebrows. Mm-hmm. Not your lip? I'm like, 
No. Oh. Like, you have a lot of hair there. I'm like, I freaking know. I'm fine with that. Just do my goddamn eyebrows. Is that what you said to her? No. Oh. What, what, what did you say to her? Oh, you were thinking it. Literally, this was, it was like, no, just my eyebrows. No, just my eyebrows. Oh, I shut them down real quick. Because the lady, this last time, this is what pissed me off. She was just like, you have a lot of hair. Are you sure just your eyebrows? And I was like, yes. She goes, why? Because I said no and dropped it. Just the thought of having my upper lip threaded, it just brings me pain. I'm just like, that just seems incredibly painful. I can deal with my eyebrows, that's cool, but just not I need to lip. see the pain coming no. and brace myself, uh-huh. so I tweeze. And they want to remove every hair on your head that isn't your eyelash or your eyebrow that had just been threaded. And so, like, pretty much the first person who ever made me feel comfortable about this was Tina Fey. In her book, Bossy Pants, she talked about tweezing her chin hairs mm-hmm. and she even made a reference to it in amy schumer's last fuckable day video where she was like her sign off and the whole thing was i'm gonna go home and shave my beard and amy schumer's like when does that happen because she's talking to these <laughs> she's talking to these older comedian women and older by 10 years oh yeah yeah and they they can't be because they're making fun of hollywood's mm-hmm. ageism I wonder what women of color would do on their last fuckable day. We never know. Well, we don't age. Schumer didn't do that. Yes, well, Asian don't raisin and black don't crack. And we don't age, so also we're, we don't admit to be ever being fuckable. So you don't get to celebrate right. Your so last we don't talk day. about being fuckable because we're pure little hairless, fatless women. <laughs> pure hairless, fatless. There is a pedophilia element. I'm glad you brought that up. We could go. But I'm on. hairy and fat. We could, <laughs> we could go on about this. We could go on about this for like another two hours. But we, we want to hear you that. We will spare you that. We want to hear from you. What are your horrific stories when it comes to body shaming and body hair? And when did you just say fuck it? You know. And do your friends ask if you're alive if you go into the shower to shave your legs like me? <laughs> I just need to know I'm not alone. So this topic was actually suggested to us by a listener. So that's something we would love if you guys have ideas of things that you'd like us to talk about. By all means. Shout out Suey. Hi, Suey. Yes. <laughs> and, and also, it's this the is end our, of our season. Yeah, this is our last episode of the first season, guys. We're going on hiatus. Oh, my God. Don't cry, you guys. I know. Well, Calm down. Back. Calm down. It's okay. <laughs> we are not crying because we're exhausted from tubing down the river <laughs> But we today. will be back. A fairly short hiatus. You guys are going to You're used to our random hiatuses yes. anyway. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess all that's left to say is that although we've come to the end of the road, still I can't let go. It's unnatural. You girls belong to me. I belong <laughs> to you. Come to the end of the road. Oh, she got rung. <laughs> a distortion. <laughs> Thank you for listening. This has been Pooja. Anju. And Miranda. Go in peace and power. We've been the Jilted Indian. This is season one. We love you. Bye. <laughs> See you next time. Bye. Bye. Jilted Indian, Jilted Indian, Jilted Indian Podcast. Jazz hands. Oh, wow. You were the most in tune out of all of us.